Get through one night without you If I had to live without you What kind of life would that be? Good evening, King of the Couchers This is your uh, lovely host again, Aaron Thompson Back for another week, episode 3 um, Caught me singing there I, uh, I just caught a little banger movie this week Again, I've watched it numerous times I'm halfway through it again Signed up for Stan this week and all because I wanted to watch Con Air, and uh, look, well worth me spending five minutes signing up for a 30-day free trial, and potentially spending another uh, $10 a month just to get that, because they've got some banger, banger, banger movies on there, but um, but we will get back to that. As I said, it's the 15th of July, it is 6.29pm on a Monday night particularly cold Monday in Queensland, um, dropped to 15 degrees, which is, that gets us uh, riled up, the Queenslanders, but it was the wind. The wind could really cut through you today, and I, out of all the elements, I really, um, I hate the wind. I have no time for the wind, and it really infuriates me. Uh, Sun's no bother, straight cold's no bother, rain, fairly good, it serves its purpose, I like that too, but the wind... I don't really think it serves a purpose, um, not at all, not one iota, so yeah, wind can fuck right off, but other than that, it was a beautiful day in Queensland, it's a Monday, I think I've, de- I've decided to do the podcast um, on a Monday night, I'll release it once I edit it, I'll release it late on a Monday for uh, for a Tuesday listening, I wasn't really sure what day to put it out on, Um I went through with the days, you know, Monday serves a purpose, it comes off the weekend, a lot of people hate Mondays, I don't hate Mondays, I like my job, so it's not a big deal, plus now I get to do a podcast on Monday night, and I love that, it's it's a passionate thing for me now, so yeah, I live for friggin' Mondays now, um, we'll skip Tuesday, I'll come back to Tuesday at the end, Wednesday, it's hump day, it's kind of, you know, you're over the weekend, you're on the hump, you're looking forward to the next weekend. This is this is how a lot of people look at it. Thursday, for me, I love Thursdays. Thursday is like an entree to Friday, so I usually have a couple little beeries, watch the Thursday night uh, football. And, of course, then we got Friday. Everybody loves Friday, TGI. Yeah, Friday's never done anything wrong to anybody unless you're a workaholic, and then you have to take the weekend off, so you hate it. But everybody loves Friday, so we get a few more drinkies in, maybe a couple of glasses of rosé. Beck and I usually pop on a lovely little movie of choice whatever that will be and then we got saturday and sunday which is the weekend so everybody loves the weekend uh obviously um it's fun you get to hang i love it even more now because i get to hang out with the family chill out a bit um i don't think i get any more rest on the weekends i probably spend more late nights on the couch on the weekend than I do in the week but the weekend's good Sunday is my favorite day Sunday's the Sabbath it's a day I try to not lift a finger whatsoever and um, I like to just hang about laze about hit the beach if I can it's cold as fuck at the moment but you know we'll walk around it's nice in the sun Um, Sunday's a great day but which 
leads me to Tuesday. I've left off Tuesday. So all those days for me, they sort of serve somewhat of a purpose in the seven-day cycle. Tuesday was always a fucking nothing day for me personally. It never served a purpose. It wasn't Monday. It wasn't Wednesday. So it was just in the middle of these two days that like people kind of like but kind of hate. So I decided it's time to release the King of the Couch podcast on a Tuesday more selfishly for me so it now tuesday that was a nothing day becomes podcast release day so i'm hoping that some people are on the same wavelength as me uh i've done a i've done a bit of research and a lot of people don't really get down with tuesdays um so yeah tuesday will be the podcast day moving forward i think until i want to change it um it's good talking on a monday night gives me something to do release it on tuesday so expect this podcast at some point tomorrow now what's been happening um it's been a crazy week i'll just touch on something i watched before um obviously we're all over social media everybody loves social media and it never fails to uh to deliver the goods every now and then right right before i was clocking on to the computer to record this podcast of course looked at facebook as we all do because we're fucking obsessed with it and we can't live without it and the first thing that popped up on my feed was a vice magazine article on uh captain beanie i've never heard of captain beanie but they were doing a i think it was a small documentary small documentary on uh all the fun things in wales i've never been to wales but uh, i'm sure it's a fun fun place but anyway captain beanie caught my attention it was a five little five minute little clip um he had it he had a real name at one point in time but legally he has changed his name to captain beanie and drum roll because he's obsessed with baked beans i know i like baked beans too um but uh, i wouldn't um you know give my whole life to loving baked beans like this guy has but i gotta hand it to him he hasn't done it by halves um i said his whole life is dedicated to baked beans to look at the guy he actually somewhat represented a baked bean i mean he he was dressed in orange i guess baked beans are orange um he had the baked bean earrings he had the orange boots on that represented the baked beans he his whole house right has been dedicated it's a baked bean museum like I've never seen anything like it in my life, and he's actually been—he's actually uh, noted as a as a proper tourist attraction. I think I just googled him after it, and you can actually—he's been—he's got a TripAdvisor certified stamp that you can visit the Baked Beans Museum. I'm sure it's a um, huge, huge um, sight to see in Wales. But uh, if I'm ever in Wales, I'm definitely going to check out Captain Beanie. The guy seems so cool. I mean, I appreciate anybody in life that like is weird is gone i mean I, to me I, that's almost weird but i don't i don't think it's weird at all at the same time because he's just a pure unconformist and i i fucking love that when people they just go against the grain and he's done exactly that the the one thing that i did love about this guy and it was fucking out there he was bald as a badger but he um he had his whole head tattooed kind of like a hair piece and it was you guessed it it was baked beans all over the head um, but within those little baked beans, and there was a story behind it, because I'm looking at it going, fuck, that guy's, he's literally got baked beans tattooed all over his head. That's, that is some dedication, and no doubt's a lot of money. Um, but he had a cool little story. There was a girl in his town, I guess, that needed an operation for, for some something, and they, of course, didn't have the money. And he was like, fuck this. I'm, I love baked beans. I'm going to raise some money for this little girl to get this operation. So he put it out to the people that I will get baked beans tattooed on all of my head 
And inside those baked beans, you can buy a little state, a little bit of real estate and get your initials tattooed, pardon me, inside an individual bean. Example, that would be me, AT, in a bean on his head. What a great dude. He had, I don't know, I didn't, couldn't count because, you know, you can't count from a video, but I'd say he had like a hundred different beans on his head. So God knows what he raised, but great story. The girl was able to get the operation based on the money that Captain Beanie raised and, um, very, very good. Very, very lovable story. I love I love stories like that. I don't often watch the news because it's generally all bad. I flicked that on five minutes. It put me in a better mood. I was already in a good mood, but it put me in a better mood to see someone that does things like that with their life. So if you're out there and you love some sort of uh, condiment in their house, a five bean mix, it, it, baked beans in particular, maybe, maybe it's tin spaghetti, maybe it's a refried bean, uh, maybe it's bags of chips, chocolate, whatever. If you feel like dedicating your life and creating a museum and tatting your head with all sorts, go ahead and do it. There is people out there that, uh, that will love you for it, and I am one of them. So kudos to you, Captain Beanie. Now, where else have we been in the last week? It's uh, This time last week I was recording episode two, obviously. It took me a little while to be honest to get the whole podcast app and the spotify thing i really i didn't really know i was a bit i was a bit stupid i didn't know how long it was going to take i thought it was going to be a click and it's on but it took about three or four days there in the end so right now the podcast is on the the podcast app obviously in spotify um i'll probably look at other platforms though to put it on for for different users um i was with my mum over the weekend and she has an android phone and doesn't use spotify so she was like i haven't listened to it yet Thanks, Mum. I really want you to listen to it. So I'm going to dig deep and get it on other platforms so you can listen to it. But yeah, so a whole week's past that. I got the podcast up last week. I haven't even done, to be honest, I did a little Insta story share on it. I um, I need to take a cool little photo so I can do a proper Instagram story on it and, and push people out there to gain subscribers and followers and, you know, fucking you know, ingrain myself as a fully fledged social influencer and people can start, um, you know, bowing down at the ground I, I walk on. Um, but um, yeah, that would be a big dream for me to become a social influencer. Um, no doubt. Just kidding. But if people want to listen to me, I'll let them listen. But um, yeah, last week was a good week. Um, so that was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, waiting for the podcast. But um what a week it was we had origin three game three wednesday night the motherfucking decider so yeah that was something i was looking forward to since game two because queensland i set the scene for the for the non-origin viewers and I, i promise this whole podcast won't be about nrl because i'm sure that um not everyone wants to listen about NRL, but I fucking love it, NRL, so you're going to have to sit through this part. But look, set the scene. Game one, it was a perler of a game. Queensland were probably written off before the series even started because they lost last year, so typically that, that sort of happens. But I had faith in the Maroon boys. You've got to keep faith in your boys. I'm not a betting man. If I ever have had a bet, I will never, ever bet on the team I'm going for. I never bet against them, sorry. Um, I'll always bet for them, even if I think they're going to lose because it's just, I think it's bad juju if you love a team and bet against them to lose. Money aside, that's just my thoughts on that. But, so game one, of course, Queensland have come in. Game was a bit 
chop and change there for a while, but ultimately Queensland got the better of them, had four tries disallowed, but we come out with the win. It was like 18-10 or 18-12, I think, in the end, something like that. But they won, so yeah, fuck, we're cheering. I'm rubbing it into the New South Wales boys at work, send them the cheeky little email the next morning. Game one, I got a bit, um, I did get a bit uh, on my high horse game one, but I thought, fuck it, this could be short-lived and I'm going to take advantage. A few weeks later, we got game two. I'm round at my good friend Stu's house. He's he's put the meat smoker on. He's gone all day. He's just gone pure, pure man on this. He's got the meat smoking. He's got all the salads made. He's got everything going. He's got the chips, the chi- chips, dips, chains, whips. Um, he's got it all. So we've got about eight, 10 people around there. Game two, we're all like, yes, Queensland are going to win this. Oh, my God. The motherfuckers, they just did not show up whatsoever. It was probably one of the worst games of origin I've ever seen Queensland play. Um, It was horrible. All Queensland are sitting in this living room, all with their head between their fucking legs, the tails between their legs at the end of the game. We just were not having a good time watching this game. Queensland got demolished. New South Wales got the win. I had emails waiting at my door the next morning with just the New South Welshman down south of work just fucking giving it to me. So kudos to them. I gave it to them game one. So I was like, all right, we won game one. You won game two. Fucking bring it. The decider. Queensland are going to win. Again, you've got to back your team going into the to a game. So I'm all team Queensland. They're going to win. Of course, I've taken my ass around to Stu's house again. It was just it was a bit of a bromance this night. It was just me and, and my boy Stu. I'm off the beers. I'm drinking the nabs aka non-alcoholic beers. I've had about five of them. I'm full of fucking sugar and no bad manners. Game starts. What a game. It was kind of one of those games where I... I, I look, I, I believed in Queensland. I was just not confident after game two. Pardon me. And it just... It was just such a good game. I really thought it was a great game. It was probably the best of the series for me, even though, boom, boom, Queensland did lose in the end. But look... New South Wales just, they come out of the gates good. So did Queensland. I thought it was neck and neck. And then, look, New South Wales obviously got a few tries on us. And it was at that one point in the game we were like, oh, fuck, here we go. Like, this is we're going to get steamrolled again. And it all happens so quickly when you're watching Origin. Like, or any game, you know what I mean? You can be watching 10 minutes later, there's 20 points on the board. And you're just like, fuck, here we go. I'm going to get the emails tomorrow. But anyway, I think they got up about 12 or 16 points on us. or something like that. And, um... Half time, I believe we've come back bigger than ever. I don't know what Kevy Walter said to the boys, but he's drummed it into them. And look, there was a few debut players that that Queensland had. Big shout out to Ethan Lowe. He was one of the new guys. I thought he played excellent. Uh, he did that spectacular charge down on the ball, which um, sent uh, sent him over. And oh, sorry, sent Josh Maguire over for one of the tries, which was unreal. I love to see Maguire go over because he doesn't get many tries. And then later on, we obviously had Josh Papali go over for another try, which, again, he doesn't go over for many tries. Me and Stu are absolutely fucking losing it on the couch. Like, we are like, yes, this is like a few minutes away from the end. Queensland are going to win. We are like drumming it up here for the decider. I think it got to, I can't remember the fucking score. I'm a fan and I can't remember the end score. But it was like 18 all or 20 all, something like that. I think it was, yeah, something like that. Anyway, it was a draw, and we're coming into the final minute of the game, and I'm going, oh, yes, 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 Queensland field goal time. Here we go. DCE gets the ball. Look, a lot of people said uh, he could have made the kick. I personally didn't think he could have made the kick. He was ages away. He was on the left side of the field. It was an awkward sort of kick. Anyway, he's just bombed it in the air. New South Wales got the ball back, and they've just 
fucking James Tedesco. I mean, I am so gutted that he is not a Queenslander because he just is so, so good for New South Wales. And he just carves us up every fucking game he plays. And it's real painful to watch as a Queenslander. But I digress. He's a great player for New South Wales. And he's got the ball. Blake Ferguson's up the corner, up the line. He's then passed it across to Tedesco. And Tedesco gets across the line with 10 seconds to spare. Cementing New South Wales win for Game 3 in this fucking 2019 series. But, um, yeah, look, so, so gutted. I was in disbelief for a good half an hour after the game. Both Stu and I, we just we could not look each other in the eye. We didn't know what the hell was going on. But, look, it was a great game. Going into the game, I said, I don't mind losing as long as it's a fucking good game. And it really was a good game. So... The Queen Danners should be proud. The New South Welshmen should be proud. It was a great series. It was a great, great couple of games, or great three games that we had. So onwards and upwards, fucking 2020 next year, that is Queensland years. Mark, mark my words, there's no way New South Wales are going three in a row. One thing I would like to bring to your attention, though, and this really gets my goat across a lot of sporting events, but... It's the it's the before game entertainment that they choose, and I find Australia's really bad at this. Um, I can't remember who was in game one, but game two, yeah, I know it was in Perth. So whoever they got, the fucking Perth natives himself, Eskimo Joe. Look, no no proper hate for the boys, but they just really really do my head in, and I just don't know how they get footballers pumped for a game of football even the fans i'm a fan watching this going oh my god let me guess what are they gonna sing black fingernails red wine without a doubt what did they sing black fingernails red wine i'm not sure if they even have another song but they're up there in all their emo glory singing their heart out and that was game two and i was thinking oh my god surely surely they're gonna fucking put some meat and potatoes into game three here game three entertainment get me get me hard get me something uh who have we got guy sebastian they've called on guy fucking sebastian to be game three entertainment just when i thought it could get couldn't get any worse than eskimo joe They've pulled out the big guns himself, Mr. Australian Idol contestant, 2001. And the Australia's Got Talent judge of some sort. But, oh, my God. I just roll, I'm just sitting there, me and Stu, rolling our eyes in disbelief, uh, quietly bobbing our heads along to the delicate tunes of Guy Sebastian getting us amped before Game 3 decider. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Look, entertainment, NRL, Channel 9, whoever, whoever's doing this, let's rethink all this. I know these guys are in the charts and all that sort of stuff, but we want to get the we want to get the boys amped. We want to get the fucking audience amped. Give me some hardcore. Give me some give me some fucking death metal or Viking death metal or something like that or some fucking hardcore rap or just something up there. I want something that's going to fucking put the fear of God in my heart before these boys run out into the field and I can't I just haven't been able to get that from Guy Sebastian yet. Um, so look, that was my that was my takeaway outside of the game from the series. Um, the the shitty shite shit pregame entertainment that the uh, they choose to put on before the game. But yeah, that was Wednesday last week. So there's been a bit happening in the last week. Nothing too too crazy on my end outside of that. Um, 
I still doing dry July. I'll get into that a bit later in the podcast, but uh, had a few nabs, some non-alcoholic beers, um, which I'm going to I'm going to stop that for the rest of the month. I will go into it, but I have had the first two weeks where I was getting the aid of a non-alcoholic beer to get me through. The next two weeks, I'm going to I'm going to dog the non-alcoholic beers and just stick to uh, another carbonated beverage if I need a fizz. Right now, I'm rocking a bit of Remedy Kombucha, organic kombucha, uh, apple crisp flavor, which is it's lovely. It's uh, I normally get the raspberry lemonade flavor, but Tonight I opted for the apple crisp, and I'm just about done on this bottle, to be honest. It's so good. Uh, my my gut health is through the roof right now. It was worth all $5 of this 700ml uh, kombucha. Um, I'll definitely take sponsorship in the form of kombucha. Um, it is quite expensive um, to drink every day, and I like to pump a lot of it. So, yeah, Remedy Kombucha. I'll get back to you at about 50, po- 50 episodes and uh, we'll work on a little sponsorship deal. Um, but yeah, look, outside of that, I mentioned, I think at the start, that I watched Con Air and, the, and I had to do that by signing up to Stan. I've never had Stan. I've always just been a Netflix guy. Um, we have Foxtel now on the Telstra TV as well, but I really don't use it that much, to be honest. I think I watch Workaholics on Comedy Central and that's about it. Um, but I really, really wanted to watch Conair. It's one of those movies I just froth over and I never, ever get sick of it. Um, to me, old Nick Cage is just, he's a goat. He is a goat actor. He never, I never get sick of him. Even his shit movies are good to me. And so I really wanted to watch that. So I've signed up for the 30 day trial of Stan and it's just blowing my mind. As soon as I've hit go, I've gone into it. I've just gone, oh, fuck me, Dad. I've made a huge, huge mistake here. If I thought Netflix wasn't bad enough to find a movie on and find a TV show on, I've just fucking added another thorn in my side with Stan. It's so good. There's too many TV shows that I want to watch, and there's too many movies that I want to watch. As I said, I've watched Con Air, and then I've gone, oh, my God, they've got The Rock. They've got Face Off. They've got all of Jerry Brockheimer's classics. I was like, this is just too... This is too much, so I've I've wishlisted them all. I've banked them up. I'm going to have an absolute action fest soon enough. But um, there was so so much stuff on there. It was ridiculous. Uh, Beck and I even started watching Toy Story on Saturday night with Arabella. Friday night, sorry, we we're eating tacos and we're like, oh, what can a 14 year week old baby watch? I wanted to watch us. Beck does not like horror movies. She didn't think it was right that I put on a horror movie uh, with a three month old baby kind of agree with her on that don't want any nightmares just yet i'll wait till she's like two or something before i start smashing her with the horrific gore um but yeah stan oh my god i'm gonna start watching tonight after this i wanted to i watched a trailer for it a few weeks ago but city on a hill on stan i'm gonna watch that and i'll get back to you once i uh once i finish that with a bit of review but fuck it looks good kevin bacon corrupt cops Boston, Charlestown, uh, all the things I'm about. But yeah, so we'll come back after 30 days and see exactly if I'm going to keep it on or not. It's another distraction at the end of the day, Stan. It's like Netflix. They're so good, but they're the best. They're the best type of time wasters. Um, now I've got so much more that I want to. I want to do around work and things like that. Tell you what, not drinking. For uh, even just two weeks, I feel so much more productive. I'm doing. I've been talking about doing this podcast for a long time, 
two weeks without the booze and I'm here doing episode three. So I guess uh, I guess the booze does slow me down just a little bit. But um, speaking of TV, I can't get too too jizzed up on uh, on Stan just yet because I'm not done with Netflix just yet because they just keep releasing banger TV series. And one I really want to highlight is Stranger Things. Oh, I love Stranger Things. I So Friday night, I started watching season three, maybe mid last week, Wednesday, Thursday, I think. And yeah, Wednesday, I started watching it Wednesday night and I did a couple of episodes Wednesday, a couple of episodes Thursday. I think there was eight in the season. I've gone, fuck this, Friday night's my night. My mum was coming up over the weekend. I was probably going to lose my couch, God forbid, because I don't have a spare bedroom right now. And I was like, I'm going to pump it. The last four episodes... And that's exactly what I did. I sat there from about 9 o'clock Friday night till about 2 in the morning just watching the last four episodes of Stranger Things Season 3. Oh, man. What a uh, what a show. Um, I tell you what, it's one thing. It definitely just established that I've, I've come to realization that I'm a massive nerd. And I, I'm at the age now where I'm okay with that. Um, I'm a nerd and I love that show. I've never really even been into sci-fi, to be honest, but something about that show just got me so, so interested. I don't even think it was just the sci-fi, to be honest. There's aliens and shit and all sorts of weird stuff in this other fucking world, but the characters are so good. Like, you just really... I'm a, I'm a film, TV nerd buff, you know, music buff, so I just fell in love with the characters. Um... um they start sort of in season one as like younger younger kids um and then they sort of obviously grow up it's sort of set like a year apart i think from season one to two and then this one is like uh, it's not a year it's it's definitely seems more than a year but they've grown you know what i mean because in real life obviously time has gone fucking faster than the tv series but yeah they're just such lovable characters i'm frothing on all of them um that sounds creepy as shit because they are all kids in season one except for a few uh, high school teenagers but uh nevertheless great characters um one of my favorite characters in it and uh there probably will be a little spoiler alert for this bit anyone that hasn't seen the last episode of season three uh yet one of my favorite characters uh hopper aka david harbour is his real name he uh oh man i love that guy he I'm a dad now, so he he comes in as like this rough and tough sheriff kind of figure in season one. He, of course, then at the end of it kind of like takes Eleven in, sort of adopts her, and yeah, he then takes on like a father role in season two and ultimately season three. <clears throat> Pardon me. And I uh, he got me right in the feels because I'm a dad now, and I, uh, I'll be honest, 2 o'clock, 2 a.m., Saturday morning, I was almost a blubbering mess on my couch. Um, it got me right in the fucking feels. It was uh, it was a great way to end it. I was like an hour and twenty um, last episode. I was frothing. I was I was just battling to keep my eyes open, but I was so intrigued and I and I wasn't going to bed until I finished the series. And um, how's that for goals? I fucking smashed that one. And yeah, it was just so good. Like I won't go into it too much, but uh, obviously hopper he dies well you think he's dying i thought this was going to be the last season but apparently there's a season four and probably a season five which is good because i definitely feel they're going to bring it back in season season four i've already been nerding out on different articles on the um on the internet but 
at the end of it, Winona Ryder's character or Joyce Byer, she she sets off the the big ass gun thing that just fucking vaporizes everyone in its sight. And Hopper, he's bashed this Russian guy to death. He he is in there, and it looks like he gets the vaporized. And I was just like, oh my god. But I have a feeling. Don't get me wrong. They bring old Mother Russia into it, and I feel like he's been. I don't know, transported somehow back to Russia and he's he's in there in captivity with these Russians because right at the end, and you got to stay around, people. you got to stay around for after the credits. If the Marvel movies have showed us anything, stay around after the credits because, of course, they've got a, a demigod. They're back in right after the credits. They're back in Russia. One of these little alien things that you think is all wiped out comes out of this prison-y type thing. These guards have then grabbed this other Russian guy that they've put them in there so this russian guy gets killed but they walk past the door that says the american or something about the american on there who's the american what is the american doing in russia makes no sense to me i think that's hopper so we'll probably have to fucking wait around another 18 months two years i reckon to get episode uh, season four but i'm not going anywhere and i will be watching it when it comes out because i fucking love that show I'm that geeky. I think I might even get a Strangest Thing t-shirt. I was a bit pissed because I did. They released Nike. I love my sneakers, and Nike released a whole. They did a six shoe series of Stranger Things, and um, there's some fucking really cool shoes. And I didn't get any of this. So, like any sort of sneakers, just so sought after, like of that caliber, and they they go like in so so quickly. You got to get onto these raffles, and you know they're selling them for like one hundred and twenty dollars at the time. And I've already looked today, and now the, the shoes that I want are about four hundred dollars. So <clears throat> look, I'm a nerd, but I don't know if I'm prepared to pay four hundred dollars just yet uh, on the shoes. But look, I'll come back to that because I do want those shoes. But Stranger Things season three, well done. I was so stoked. The characters were so good this year. They're, they're, each of them are good. They're all so good, the characters. The story's so good. The Duffel Brothers are unreal. The soundtrack is so, so good for Stranger Things. I uh, I love my rock, punk, metal, my heavy shit, anything with a guitar that's got uh, a bit of groove. I like, even love poppy stuff. And... I really got into the soundtrack of Stranger Things. It's this stuff called Synthwave. Um, again, kind of, uh, I was looking, kind of like touching on uh, ASMR. I was kind of looking for something that really got me relaxing and in the zone when I was working, just plugged in. I've listened to sort of dance music before. I don't really get into it too much. Flume, for example, is a someone that I don't mind listening to when I'm when I'm trying to pump out a bunch of emails or, or sit there and research and work, but. YouTube synthwave Stranger Things and it come up with this hour-long playlist and oh my god, so good. It's just it took me right back into the show. Every time I listen, it takes me to the show. I feel like I'm in this fucking galaxy far, far away and I just am frothing on it. It's such a good little um a little soundtrack. But um look, take a bow, Stranger Things. I love it. It's one of my top five shows. Um and I cannot wait for season four to come back because yeah, I'm I'm on a fucking I'm on the cliff's edge now and I need to know what the hell's happening. But um yeah, so that was my Friday night. Saturday. Oh Becky's got me on the spring cleaning, she's got me on the tools, the broom, the vacuum, the mop, all the shit. I had to go to Coles to buy the gumption to get the marks off the walls and stuff like that but look that literally took us about six hours that's what my life has come to now outside of staying up on friday nights watching stranger things it's sometimes gumptioning walls every six months um to get the to get the crap off the walls and do a bit of a spring clean we've got some new 
accoutrement for the house, some new rugs, we want some new furniture, so we've got to clean it up. You've got to keep it clean. We've got a kid now. They're picking up things off the ground. They're eating shit. You've got to keep it clean. I'm a bit of a germaphobe too, so although I, I, I did, it wasn't my ideal Saturday, I felt so accomplished after it, and I just felt good. Now the house is friggin' clean. It's so clean. You can eat off the walls, I know, because I cleaned them with gumption. It took me fucking hours. But um, yeah, so that was pretty much all Saturday. My mum come up Saturday night. Always good to see my mum. I've got a lot of love for my mum, as we everybody should for their mums. You only get one, so love them. Try and have a good relationship with them. And that was nice. She loves seeing Arabella. I actually think she comes up to see Arabella more than us. She says it's a family thing, but I know the real, the real reason she's here. But that was nice. And then Sunday, we just sort of had some nice brekkie up at uh, Malula Bar and just pinned it around here and there and everywhere had a few more few more nabs and then i made a sensational pork belly roast last night with all the bells and whistles that was probably the best roast i've ever made i'll be honest i um i i shut my knife before i had a nice sharp knife scored the scored the meat the oil the salt blasted it 250 in the oven back to 180 after about 25 minutes it was good it was a hit becky loved it the two the mum and the mother-in-law loved it I'm a hit. I'm a fucking winner. I mean, you can't get much better than this. So Beck put a ring on it because it was unreal. The pork, but the pork roast, the spring cleaning. I mean, I've just I've nailed it this weekend. I'm father of the year. I'm so productive now that I'm not having any beers. So um, yeah, but that was pretty much the weekend. What else happened on the weekend? That's what happened on the weekend. It was uh, the notorious Conor McGregor's birthday yesterday. So happy birthday, Conor McGregor. You're a big, big uh, idol motivation of mine. You're about six months older than me. You're killing it. You've helped me in more ways than you know. Um, so happy birthday to him. I, uh, I also saw this week it was the anniversary of his fight. Four years ago this happened. Fuck it. Time has flown. Four years ago, we had the fight, the interim featherweight title fight with Chad Mendes. Um, it was the fight, of course, he was meant to fight Jose Aldo. Then Jose Aldo pulled out with a broken foot or a broken toe. And Chad Mendes got the call, and then they had the fight together. And that was the one that he won the interim featherweight title. That was an important fight. I remember watching that. I was watching that at the Pig and Whistle um, at Indrapilly. I was living in Brisbane at the time. I'd watched all of Conor McGregor's fights leading up to that. Um, before Conor McGregor, I was I was into the UFC. I wouldn't say I was a massive fan. Uh, I was probably into different things at the time, to be honest. Um, I must have watched a couple of his fights. I'd, of course, seen other fights, but there was something about him, the aura, the way he handled himself outside the ring as well as inside the ring. Look, call me an MMA casual fanboy, whatever the fuck you want to call it, but people cannot deny the um, the aura and the, and the presence that Conor McGregor brings. There's something that's attractive about him that people people love. Whether you love, and, and even if you hate him, people are still drawn to him. They, they fucking tune into the fights because they want to watch him lose. So yeah, I really was drawn to him, but so that was 2015. I remember being at the pub, watching that fight, and it was such a good fight. And I think that to me, that was one of the funnest fights of Conor McGregor's career that I've watched. Um, the period where he did beat Chad Mendes, then he goes on to fight Jose Aldo. Of course, he knocks him out in 13 seconds. That was hardly a fight, but it was so good. He was so deserving of the belt. But the fight before, I mean, that Chad Mendes fight, that was the real fight. That was the real slog. He was, he, he, 
took the fight. They both took the fight, obviously, on short notice. I know Conor McGregor had the the bung knee going into it, which he highlights in the Notorious documentary. Um, and that was his first fight that he was ever, you know, pinned against a wrestler. And a lot of people doubted him that he had an ability to win against a wrestler. I mean, that night he definitely showed that he could compare, compete with a wrestler and he did it well. The first round was so good. It was, you know, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Chad took him down a couple of times, but you could see that Connor could handle himself under people, like on the ground, you know. He was still hitting him from the ground. I know he's talking a lot of shit too. You can see it, which is, I love that. I love that sort of stuff. And then, of course, round two comes around. Wasn't a very long round. Um, I think maybe gone to the end. I can't remember. It was four fucking years ago. Give me a break. But yeah, he of course knocks out Chad Mendez at the end of that and uh, end of round two, and then after it, he just sort of breaks down in the in the ring. You can see that it's just like he's absolutely exhausted, and all his hard work is just <clears throat> pardon me, it's just paid off at that moment. He's already you know now he's won the belt. He's all into the law of attraction. I mean, he he, he always said he, he he always had the belt before he even got the belt physically. But that fight, it was just so good to watch, and I think. Regardless of if you were a fan of Conor McGregor at the time or not, you can't deny that that was a great fight to watch and that he earned that win uh, 100%. Of course, he then went on to fight fight Aldo after that, beat him in 13 seconds. After that, he was slated to fight RDA, and that RDA pulled out, and that's when he went to fight Nate Diaz at welterweight, and it started the whole big thing. That's when he really... From the Chad fight, he really just skyrocketed something ridiculous. Like from that point, almost into the stratosphere. We, he, he, I want to say it moved too fast because um, it, it moved. Everything moves in the way it needs to, to do. And I heard him say in an interview, and this still holds true. People that think they want him to come back, I, I look. It might happen. I just can't see it. But I heard him say in an interview once: "Get in, get rich, get out." And that's exactly what he did in his fight career. Um, but it was Chad Mendes, Aldo, then he fought Nate Diaz, then he had the Nate Diaz rematch, which he won, of course, so he lost the first one, won the second, I think it was good that he lost the first one, I was gutted as well, but it, it created a bit more of a personality for him, it showed you how he handled defeat, and he was definitely humble in defeat, which is cool, look, talk all the shit you want before a fight, build it up, he's always been humble in defeat, win or lose, so... You know, it was good to see him come off a loss like that. He went straight back into training, training, training for that rematch. He, of course, did that fake retirement leading into the second Nate Diaz fight. Uh, ultimately, they got the fight happening. He then beat Nate Diaz, which was a fucking war, the 25-minute uh, war he had with Nate Diaz. That was so good. And then he went on to fight Eddie Alvarez and just put on a spectacular performance and just totally... 100% outclassed Eddie Alvarez. There was no, it was like, I don't know, Eddie just, he looked like a like an amateur fighter in that fight. I got I got nothing against Eddie Alvarez. He's a great fighter. He won that belt fair and square before he fought Connor. But Connor just really, really outclassed him that night. That was the height of Connor's career. I think it was unreal. And then, of course, he went on to fight Floyd Mayweather in the exhibition of all exhibition fights. Um, but, it was just so good to just have that throwback to that fight with Chad Mendes. It was just just so, so good. And it was around that time for me personally that sort of end of, you know, coming into 20, that was mid-2015. It wasn't a great year for me, to be honest, sort of leading up to it, a, a bit of a relationship breakdown. I just went off the rails a bit. Leading into 2016 was when I really sort of found myself and got healthy. And look, Conor McGregor really helped 
help me do that. I mean, I just I would watch him. I would I would sort of just really study him through the screen. I'd watch everything that I could find of him. You know, I bought the I bought John Kavanagh's book, um, all the DVDs. I had like a vision board of like posters all over my uh, like my room, like a little fucking school kid, and. I just really was just sort of lapping up what he was doing. And at that particular moment in time, what he was doing was what I needed. I'm going to do a whole podcast on this, I think, about where I was, my mindset in 2016. It was it was coming off the back of 2015, coming into 2016, my mindset, that whole year really, I was bulletproof. Um, I was a different person. I don't, yeah. I'm going to do a podcast on it because I think it's an interesting story, um, whether that's me blowing smoke up my own ass, but it was a really good year for me, and I really think Conor McGregor helped me out. If I used to wake up at 5 a.m. every day, and the first thing I would do would roll over, put this YouTube clip on with Conor McGregor, and it was the one after he lost to Nate Diaz, so this was in 2016, and I will go into it, but that shit used to just, I'd put it on, it had this killer song in the background, it was like a two and a half minute, three three minute clip. And it would just get me pumped. I'd, I'd hit the ground running like 5 a.m., 5.30, be fucking winter, freezing, and I'd just be running, running, running. And, um, yeah, so, again, happy birthday, Conor McGregor. Um, I hope it was a fucking good one. And you're a star. Right. That leads me into the last topic that I want to talk about. I think we've talked for... Oh, it's my longest podcast. My third podcast is my longest to date so far. But um, I won't keep. I won't go on too long. But I just want to touch base on dry July again. I so said we've reached today is the halfway point, uh, being a thirty-one day month. So it's halfway now. The first two weeks, pretty easy to be honest. I said I've been very, very productive. I really got stuck into the the nabs, as I'm calling them, the non-alcoholic beers. Started with Carton Zero, and over the weekend, I got a bit of. Um, burger non-alcoholic um excuse me i'm i'm frosting up the throat i'm just going to take a glass of water <clears throat> ah pardon me yeah and i got into the bit burgers the non-alcoholic ones over the weekend they were nice nice little german tasting beer but look i've still spent a bit of money on non-alcoholic beer in the last two weeks so i want to sort of save that money and just really test myself you know it's a I'm not getting drunk, of course. I'm not having alcohol, but even just the taste of beer has been a little bit of a cop-out, I think. So I'm going to put the last, until the 31st, until the 1st of August, I'm not having a drop of, obviously, alcohol and nothing non-alcoholic. So it's going to be nothing but water and kombucha, maybe some Pepsi Max vanilla because that's delicious too, even though it's probably shite for your insides. But um, yeah, so it was the first two weeks. Now I'm into the last two weeks. Sign. I did sign up for the Dry July. I want to raise five hundred dollars. I think I'm sitting at about one hundred fifty, hundred sixty bucks right now, with about sixteen days to go. So we'll hit the five hundred dollars. No worries. We'll get a few more people to chip in. Those who have so far, thank you very much. Those that are going to, thank you very much. Uh, we'll highlight that though in the podcast in August. Um, but one thing I have been thinking about, and this is what I'm gonna I'm gonna leave the podcast on tonight. Dry July. This is the first time I've done it. Dry July. It works. It rhymes. It's a really cool thing. A lot of people love having having beers, right? So it's a big challenge for them laying off. And it's and I ultimately think people don't do Dry July because they miss alcohol so much. So it got me thinking, and I was just saying this as a joke to Beck. Because she's worried that like what I haven't drunk in July, I'm gonna make up for in August. I'm not saying that's untrue, but I'm not going to drink as much as she thinks I am. So I will be having some alcohol in, in August, but I'm going to try to 
try to peel it back a bit because when I do it, I do overdo it and I know that, um, but I'm going to peel it back, but I am definitely keen for some some beers and a little bit of rosé. But it got me thinking. I've been joking. I kept saying, oh, Beck, you know what happens after dry July? Wet August. Everybody loves wet August. Then it got me thinking. All those people that cannot commit to dry July because they can't they keep burping. I, I don't know what's going on here. They can't commit to dry July because they're alcoholics. They've got one fucking birthday in July, so they cannot do it. Don't worry. Followed by dry July is now a new charity I'm starting called Wet August, where for 31 days, you basically get as fucking drunk as you can. Irresponsible or not, I really feel that you could really get every drinker in Australia signed up for this this program. I haven't worked out how the money's going to happen yet. I'm going to have to start canvassing all the big bottle shops, the BWS, the Dan Murphy's, the Liquorland. I have got a bit of rapport with uh, my good friend Michael down at Dan Murphy's, so I might flight the flight <laughs> float the I oh God, I can't even, I fucking fucking drunk. I might float the idea to my good friend. He might put me in touch with the CEO of Dan Murphy's. But I really think that wet August could be a thing. I don't know whether the bottle shops donate the money yet, whether it's a percentage of every bit of alcohol sold for the month of August, uh, whether that be uh, 10%, 5%, a dollar off every of everything spent. You know what I mean? Even if it was 1% off every bill. I mean, I don't know the numbers on what the alcohol, alcohol figures are in Australia, but it's fucking huge. Everybody... Everybody drinks. 90% of people drink. I mean, there's a lot of money. Anybody that can't commit to dry July, they're going to be signing up for wet August. Or whether that is that for them, you know, if the bottle shops don't want to get behind it, um, they really should because it's a great idea. But if it's like, you know, you walk in, you buy a $15 six-pack and then they go, here, would you like to donate wet August? Then you've got to do a dollar or 10% of your purchase, whatever it is. I haven't worked it out yet. I'm going to come back to that. I'm a busy man, but wet August is a thing for me. Between watching the season three of Stranger Things and all the other bullshit that I do, I'm pretty sure I could come up with a charity here and uh, and change the way uh, we do things in August for the people of Australia and even the world. I'm going big time with this. So yeah, get behind it when I start it. Dry July then wet august do a partnership thing it works on so many things the people like me that are doing dry july we're so fucking excited for wet august because we have been so dry in july we can't wait to get so wet in august it's a thing i really really reckon it's a thing i might float it i don't know how i'm gonna do it i've never started a charity before but if there's a will there's a way but yeah so that's where i'm at with dry july I'm so productive this month. It's 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 making me think of things. Uh, wet August. What a fucking great idea. I've always been in ideas, man. Uh, but um, that's me signing off for another episode of King of the Couch, I think. We've been at it now for a little while. Um, episode three. I'm going to get it out, edit it tonight, get it out tomorrow for a Tuesday release. Moving forward, expect a episode every Tuesday. want to aim for every seven days, and I'm going to do a... UFC pay-per-view podcast, so four to five podcasts a month, uh, maybe even six on those longer months where there's more Mondays in a month, but um, <clears throat> I, uh, I'm i looking forward to it, so thank you very much for listening in for another episode, 
please jump on the app store subscribe jump on spotify follow when i get across all the other platforms follow subscribe like do all that shit uh let's make me a fucking social influencer king of the couch for prime minister but thank you for listening have a lovely week i will see you next week bye bye